Hi there, Coach Paula here. I know you're getting a lot from season one of Make Him Wonder, and I want you to get even more in season two. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club and become a member. The 8020 Wonder Club is a membership club where you'll get all the new episodes of season two the moment they come out. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. That's the 8020wonder.club. Make this your year to be consistently mindful of what it takes for a relationship to go the distance. Go to the 8020wonder.club and I'll see you in the clubhouse. Hopefully someone will bring it to your attention, like what happened to me. It was really good that he brought that to my attention. That relationship triggered all of the things we're talking about here in that syndrome because I was fearful. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. I came across an article in First Magazine. Yes, when you're married, you start getting magazines like First as opposed to Cosmopolitan. (laughs) And actually, if we reverse this and women who are single get something like First, and women who are married get cosmopolitan, we would actually do much better by our men. Think about that. Because uh, so many factors play into that. But when we put ourselves in first category, and ironically, that's the name of the magazine, first, wonder if they conjured up or manifested uh, Freud when they thought of the name of the magazine. You know, if you listen to me here, I go by Freud's concept born out of what he saw in men and as we've come to realize is in men's deepest reptilian brain, that of the Madonna whore complex now known because it is so intrinsically male, as simply the Madonna-Whore dichotomy, that men put us in one category or another, Madonna, meaning Mother Mary, or the opposite, polar opposite of Madonna, commonly known as the horrible word of whore, which I abhor, but not my terminology, because I don't believe there is such a thing as this uh, for for women in reality, this concept of one or the other. It's not who we are. 
it's the male perception and they're categorizing us in one or the other box. Because let's face it, we know as women, there is no such thing as us being a completely Madonna-like creature or a completely whore-like creature. We're all on a scale, and it depends on the man we're with and the moment and all manner of things. We are all that and a bag of chips, according to our feelings. But I digress, because that's not what I'm here to talk about today, although you know if you listen to me at all, have seen me on YouTube, and please do go see me on YouTube because I think you will get a lot from my videos there. There are playlists as well. So if you want to hear highlights of this podcast or you want to check out information and videos just on dating or on relationships or being a worthy opponent, etc., you can go right to those playlists and get videos on the topics that you are most interested in. But today I'm talking about an article that I saw in First Magazine that I thought about, and it rang true to me because I've actually had this syndrome in the past in a certain relationship I had years ago. And the title of the article in the March 15th edition of First Magazine is Break Free from Sorry Syndrome. I like it. At first I thought, oh, this is uh, maybe silly, but not at all. Because I believe that we can suffer from this syndrome when our relationships are out of alignment. What do I mean by that? That we are not fully aligned with who we are vis-a-vis the man that we're with. And it typically can manifest from feeling like the man has most of the power in the relationship and the power balance is off meaning you might like him a lot more than he likes you. You're feeling that he's not all in, that he's a consumer, you want to be a buyer. That's what happened with me. And when I had sorry syndrome, which was not like me in life, in this article, they give three examples, kind of like you might have sorry syndrome if, for example, I like this one. If you lead with I'm sorry often, it says here, when replying to emails, you often start with a preemptive apology like, sorry for the delay, dot, dot, dot. Sorry, I forgot the attachment, dot, dot, dot. And Susan Heitler, PhD, author of Prescriptions Without Pills, says that this is a defense mechanism that tends to be triggered by a fear of criticism or a perceived threat. In fact, it's been linked to an overactive amygdala responsible for the brain's fight or flight response. And I thought about that in terms of why I had this syndrome when with this particular man in this particular relationship, 
because I was fearful. Yeah, fear of doing the wrong thing to provoke him, him becoming angry, and then him maybe getting out of the relationship or whatever it was at the time. And he actually brought it to my attention and how annoying it was to him when I used the word sorry. And if you have anyone in your life that continues to do that, it can be very annoying. But it's what it's doing to us when using the term sorry, because words have power. Words influence how we feel because they are an expression of an experience and they actually provoke then further experiences. So we have to be very mindful of words that we use. The second example here is if you wince at your wins, after receiving kudos from your boss, you deflect the phrase saying, well, I'm sorry I didn't finish the report sooner. Or perhaps someone gives you a compliment. Wow, what a beautiful dress. Oh, this old thing, you know, I, I, I've had this for years. That's deflecting the compliment rather than thank you. Maya Janovic, PhD, author of Hey Ladies, Stop Apologizing, says that women often struggle to internalize success. She says, we tend to believe that our accomplishments somehow make others feel worse about themselves. And that is put in us societally and very much a shame because it does nothing for us and it also negates, in a way, the other person's compliment. So think about it. If your man says something complimentary to you, are you deflecting it? Honey, you look so great. Uh, yeah, um, I'm putting, uh, putting myself together with lots of uh, pins and hope here. It doesn't make him feel good. But when you say, oh, honey, thank you, it's so sweet, that makes him feel appreciated for the compliment. So that's a very important one. Janovic says, remind yourself that saying thank you is enough. No need for other qualifiers. The third example, if you impulse apologize, so it says, Ask yourself this question. Do impulse apologize? The example they give, you arrive at the supermarket checkout lane at the same time as another shopper and instantly hear yourself announce, oh, I'm sorry. Women often impulsively apologize for such innocent, no-fault offenses, triggering stressful thoughts like, I don't belong or I don't have the right to be first. Really think about that. Do you go through those feelings in your daily life? Kristen Willemeyer, I don't know really how to say it, Willemeyer perhaps, PhD, author of Biohack Your Brain, 
says women are hardwired to apologize. Kristen is a neuroscientist and wrote this book, Biohack Your Brain, explaining that we show more activity than men in the emotion and bonding center of the brain. You think? <laughs> it's what I talk about all the time here and how we are so different and we must attend to those differences. But we don't want to hurt ourselves by attending to those differences and the words we use often prompt our experience and vice versa. So we have to be very mindful of the words. Miss Willemier says, we want to keep everyone happy, but this well-intentioned impulse contributes to sorry syndrome, which then feeds self-doubt. So, so true. While genuine apologies for something we've done wrong make us feel better and provide a sense of closure, the article goes on, women who apologize for innocuous things report feeling deflated. That comes from Maya Janovic, author of Hey Ladies, Stop Apologizing. So in other words, she says, every needless sorry emboldens our inner critic. And boy, is that true. I remember in that relationship of mine, I never felt worse about myself than I did at that time. It came out of my experience. My wording reflected that. Obviously, when I realized he was right and I was saying sorry, really for innocuous, meaningless. And it's so I look back and think, wow, because that is so not me. And you can break free of the I'm sorry syndrome. First and foremost, to break free of anything that we do habitually or without thinking is to recognize what we are doing. That's first and foremost. So some of the things they talk about here. If you recognize in your writing, say perhaps, in emails, instead of leading with something negative, start with confidence-boosting language, meaning great to get your response. Thank you for thinking of me. Affirm yourself in a way. Even things like, it's been crazy busy. Just leave it out. Just start your email. Even if you have to write it because you can't really break that habit of starting the email in a certain way, go back, reread it, and then take out the apology, even if the apology is somewhat hidden or obfuscated, uh, meaning I've been bogged down at work, so it's taken me a while to catch up on emails. That's a thinly veiled apology. Just go ahead and 
start with the other part that you got to, meaning cut out that thinly veiled apology and read it and, and send it. And you'll see that you will get a positive response regardless. To erase the sorry for my success stress, tap into gratitude for the moment. This is what this article talks about. If you're the kind that apologizes or says, I'm sorry, when you get a compliment. If you are really into the impulse apologizing, you're really going to have to catch yourself doing it many times. Hopefully someone will bring it to your attention. Like, what happened to me? It was really good that he brought that to my attention. Probably one of the only good things in that awful relationship. <laughs> but again... It wasn't even me. I don't do that typically in my life. I really hadn't theretofore, but that relationship triggered all of the things we're talking about here in that syndrome because I was fearful. I wasn't centered. I wasn't me. So many times you can utilize recognizing the syndrome for something even greater. In other words, if you find yourself apologizing a lot, using these kinds of phrases and wording and deflecting of compliments, etc., in your relationship, then time to look at that relationship. And if you really have trouble with this, I want you to think of the bigger picture here, that when you use wording, because words have meaning, and you use it a lot, then when you really feel a certain emphasis on the words, and they need to be present in a very big way, in terms of a real apology, they can fall on deaf ears. And you don't want that. And that can happen. It may have happened to you. If you find that your man is apologizing a lot to you, then check how you are interacting with him. So if he is doing that with you, then also something is going to be off. Perfectionists often preface the requests with apologies to soften the blow. This article talks about that. But these sorries can really have the opposite effect. Research shows when people get an apology for something harmless, they often become confused, even anxious. Subconsciously, they think, wait, I didn't recognize an error here. What did I miss? The resulting tension ends up dialing up stress for both of you. That makes sense. You might do that unconsciously, 
or reflexively if you're asking someone to do anything for you. I'm sorry, but could you possibly do X, Y, Z? Just take out the sorry. Could you possibly do X, Y, Z? Would that fit in your schedule? On your way home, would you mind picking up some milk and some other things if I give you a little list? If you are apologizing for that first, there is something amiss and your man will feel that something off, even though it seems very small because it's the energy that's coming off of you. It's not worthy opponent. When a worthy opponent makes a play on the court, they don't apologize for if it's tennis, hitting the ball really hard, or if it's basketball, making the basket, or whatever it is. Now, if you hit the ball really super hard in tennis and it hits your opponent in the groin or somewhere else that's painful on the body, then that could be an apology. However, both of you took the risk of playing the game when you got onto the court. Did you not? You did. You know the risks of stepping onto the court and playing. You could get hit with the ball. And he or she, your opponent, knew it as well. So even really no need to apologize there. But again, the play would be stopped and it would be, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, that hurts. Because you're feeling for the person. That could be something understandable. But again, in, in, in that scenario of typical play, you both knew the game, and so you're both taking on the risks of play. It's the same in life. So you want to check your impulse to use apologetic words prior to stating your needs. Because when you do, you, you elevate both you and the other person in the relationship. You elevate it out of the confusion. And then, if an apology is truly warranted, there's much more depth and meaning in your words. If you do this and you find yourself doing this a lot, this can be really a game changer, especially when initially starting to date and especially if you are feeling that you are not on par in terms of feelings with a man. In other words, if you are feeling a lot more and you are with a consumer, 
especially if he is an ultimate consumer, and many times if he is a mixed messages man. You will feel the urge to do this, and this can be like a little light bulb or a little bell, ding, ding, ding. If you find yourself doing this, and it is not your general way of being, you can know that something is off in the relationship and things really need to change. How do you change them? You change what you are doing. You change course. You find someone to talk to about it, a professional. You find someone like me, a coach, to set you on the right track for your behavior so that then your feelings change and your behavior continues to stay consistent with that change. It's all circular. We can either feel differently and that evokes change in our behavior or we can start by changing the behavior and that evokes change in our feelings which then continues with the change in the behavior. Of course, because I'm a coach, I'm all about that. Because I, I believe that if we wait until we feel differently, we might be waiting a long time. And most of us, in terms of dating, relationships, we don't have that kind of time to waste. We want to be recognizing and then doing something about that recognition as soon as it occurs. Because there is no time to waste. Life is happening now. There is no dress rehearsal. We want to have the best possible relationships, the ones we desire with men we deserve. So when we let go of language that doesn't serve us, it doesn't serve us in any way in life, but can really hurt us in relationships, that's a serious first step. So you can probably look up this article or find it. it may still be on stands, but I doubt it. When I say stands, my goodness, are there even any magazine stands left? Uh, any place in the United States, save maybe downtowns of um, major cities. I guess, too, you know, I think there's still, um, if you go into supermarkets and certainly at the airport and drugstores, they have their magazine racks, and you might be able to find this. But I hope this was helpful today. Because what we say, even though men, as, as you know, I say all the time, they don't relate via verbalization, it is our energy, what we're exuding, and our essence. And self-talk and expressed words have an effect on us in that way, so it will affect the way 
the man feels about us. And we want to be able to exude complete confidence and inner peace with who we are. And for the man, it's very important that he feels we accept ourselves and are good with ourselves and he can go, you know, pound sand, as they say. He can take it or leave it. When we have that essence about us, that is the most alluring to the man because as we know, what does it do? It makes him wonder. Right. So simple. It always gets back to that. And the words we use have an effect mostly on us and how we, our self-perception, how we are viewing ourselves, our self-perception, and it helps so much to direct a man to where we want to go in a relationship, especially vis-a-vis -vis commitment. If you want more on these concepts in the other work I'm doing, go to my YouTube channel. As I said, check out the playlist there and check out videos that speak to you personally. Also, follow me on Instagram, Coach Paula Grooms, there. If you want to be talking to me here on this podcast as a guest for anything related to dating, love, your personal life, in terms of exuding confidence in, in dating, in your relationship, what have you, go to realcoachingconversations.com, fill out a brief questionnaire, and we could be talking. In the meantime, don't forget, your words can help you make a man wonder or hinder that wonder. And a simple sorry or inferred apology doesn't help because it confuses a man. And confusion is not wonder. Very different. I think of wonder. Think of about looking at Mother Nature. Anything nature provides us, it provides us wonder. That's always a good feeling. Confusion is not. So remember, with any man in your life, whether just starting to date, being in a relationship, being married, any, any man in your life, the best thing you can do for yourself and for him and for your relationship is to make him wonder. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at makehimwonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.